Hey, hey, hi, hi, hello, hi. 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 Oh, hi. There's someone here. Yes. It's it's me, Jeff May from Jeff Has Cool Friends. Welcome. I'm so bad at starting podcasts. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Jeff Has Cool Friends. My name is Jeff May, and I have cool friends. I have a very amazing cool friend. Uh, one of one of the most fascinating people that I know. <laughs> Somebody uh, actually, I I don't normally have stand-ups on my show because. There's enough podcasts where it's two stand-ups that are like, <laughs> you guys... You know the joke uh, writing? Yeah, remember this? It's no. really well-processed. Uh, but there's so there's so much to talk about. You are so fascinating. Uh, comedian, writer, Alice Hamilton. Alice, hi. Hello. Thank you for uh, letting me roll out of bed and walk up the street to this podcast. That's, we are recording on site today, and and uh, and you were not too far away, so that's pretty great. You're fascinating. <laughs> I am fascinated by you. You have such an interesting background uh, that we can talk about here uh, but beyond that too is your current work in the los angeles comedy community and in comedy in general is hashtag brave oh my uh, god thank you oh my god you are so brave and strong i'm doing this for women protect black women yes. uh but you 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 have done this really fascinating thing you've released a special uh called sex criminal uh c-e-x criminal k-r-i-m-i-n-a-l which is available on youtube i normally save plugs for the end of the show but i you guys can just pause this episode and go. It's like what twenty eight minutes. Yeah, it's no, it's it's short. Uh, and, and read it, and then watch it again, or watch it again, then read the comments, because it is a combination of people that are super supportive, mm -hmm. dip trolls, and then people like there's gibberish all over it. Like that is the fighter and the kids subreddit. Um, they hate uh, Brendan Schaub and kind of like the whole Rogan universe a little bit. Yeah. And uh, the so JREU, the yeah. Joe Rogan extended extended universe. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They they uh, they like anyone who makes fun of some of these people, like specifically Brendan Schaub. And I didn't know that, so I threw a few Brendan Schaub jokes in there just because I fucking hate the dude. And they were like, yes. He okay. So okay, I'm getting ahead of us because I'm I'm so fascinated by the special. I've watched it twice. <laughs> Um, Thank you. I'm guessing a lot of people have because for a independently released YouTube special, you've got like over 20, you have like 23,000 views on this thing that, that kind of was you just tossing something out there into the ether. And obviously when we look at, you know, the stand up and be like, well, you know, this, this person got millions or whatever, but like you really, it's like you came from behind and just dropped this like bomb that is hilarious but also incredibly uncomfortable which is so fun and i want to talk about the process with which you decided to record this special but i do want to talk about some of the men that you've talked about because let's get into it because well we've we so you basically this is special is a takedown of a lot of the 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 problematic and and downright predatory men in stand-up comedy mm -hmm. of which there are several and some of the female enablers uh of that yeah which I, I found very interesting i mean i guess the big question is like why would you why would you go through the process and i think i, I know the answer <laughs> to this this is such a generic way to ask this question like why would you do something like this <laughs> but like a 30 minutes like have you ever released a special before no or, or, no so um, I, I, I hadn't been putting a lot of jokes on YouTube just cause I've been seeing a lot of comedians throwing like clip after clip after clip. And a lot of it didn't have laughs. A lot of it's stuff that I'm like, you're going to regret this in less than a year. A lot of bold comedians releasing a lot of bold material. Taking a hard stance on something that they don't really know too much about. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I wasn't, I was like, I'm going to throw like, I want to put something good out there. 
And honestly, like sex criminal, I have not been that uncomfortable on stage since literally the first time I was on stage. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like, you know, my stage presence is whatever, but I didn't care because I was like, just somebody's got to make these motherfuckers feel bad. And they're all such narcissists that I know they're going to look up their own names and see who's saying what, yeah. you know. It's it's interesting, you know. I've I've talked about this a lot, and and you know, like the one of the reasons that this appeals to me so much, and, and some of the people you're going after is like, I'm a f-ing dude in comedy that with a fighting background. I know these people. Like, I even if I don't know them personally, yeah. I know fifty versions of each one of these people you talk about. And it's funny that you mentioned Shao because one of the things is when my coach asked me if I wanted to go pro. I was like, no. And he's like, well, why not? I'm like, because they become idiots. Mm -hmm. And seeing Brandon Schaub leave as a pro fighter and coming in and seeing him try to do comedy, I was like, yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah, like that. That that guy's dumb as (laughs) And people are... uh, He really is like, he really is just like a a meathead. And it's just, there's this like, there's this quote and I'm going to butcher it, but it's basically about how like toxic men, they don't like, admire or look up to women they just want sex from women like everyone they admire and love and look up to and want to learn from is a man and it's kind of like all of their love is is kind of towards men and i just look at joe rogan looking at brendan shaw being like i wish i was that tall and that big and that strong you know a little bit in love with him and then decides to like prop him up and give him a comedy career not because he's talented but because joe rogan's got a little crush yeah that's very funny and embarrassing uh, it is. And it's it's funny when we look back at it, because I've I've gone on record as saying this, and, and I'll say it again, that when the Louis C.K. stuff originally dropped, my immediate thought was he asked, I don't understand what else he was supposed to do. That was my initial reaction, because I've never had that version of the power dynamic. Mm-hmm. And I didn't take that into consideration. So when it first started, like, and the reason that I, I say this is because, like, I'm not going to, I'm going to recognize that I don't consider it hypocrisy because I changed in the opposite direction. I don't yeah. still think that while saying one Learning thing. Learning and growing. But, so, like, and and I was, you know, corrected mm-hmm. and, and being, and, and you know, the a female co-host was like, what the f*** are you talking about? Like, do you not understand the general fear of having a 240-pound man be like, I could kill you. Yeah. Or I could jerk off. Like the implication, the implication. Of, of violence. <laughs> but the implication. The implication. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it goes it goes a long way. There's a lot of shit that's like unsaid. And that's what I think is so funny about the sort of stereotype that like women are these like power manipulators. And it's like, no, you just really want to fuck. And so you do whatever you can to fuck and then feel like you got used if we didn't yeah. fuck you. But like Louis yeah. went up to the, some of these women went to their shows, watched their shows, come up talking about comedy, talking professional to them, nothing personal, nothing sexual. And yeah. then it's like, oh, hey, you know, this area's closing. We can still keep talking up in my hotel room. And some people, some guys have been like, any woman should know that like the move to the hotel room is, is like strategic. And it's like, no, if you're, we've been flirted with, we've been hit on. If you're doing all this stuff to like avoid setting off those red flags too soon, like mm-hmm. that's it's it's creepy as hell. And then it's like once you're in the room, then you just start hitting with all of this creepy shit. It reminds me of like women that I babysat for that had like the abusive husbands, and they were like nothing. There was nothing until I got pregnant, and then as soon as they knew I couldn't leave, that's when they kind of 
you know, took yeah. the veil off. It it is it's it's such an interesting thing to discuss and and, and uncomfortable too. I mm-hmm. I because I, I I also I, I will say I don't think there's anything wrong with being attracted to and wanting to have sex with somebody, no. but there is certainly something wrong with knowing that that's not a thing you should be doing and still trying to pursue that and and putting people on the it. spot. Yes, like that's and and so I guess I've I've turned so vehemently against these men because I always feel like. I feel like I, I like convinced myself originally that like, oh, people are generally good. And, and then so to find out that all this shit is really happening and it just got me so mad. I'm like, well, I haven't been doing that. Why have you guys been doing that? Yeah, like, what the f- is wrong with your f-ing brain? Like I had, I, I've, I've talked about this before, but I've had, you know, a friend of mine who was a cheerleader for the Boston Celtics in my bed once and I, I was like, okay, and I'm going to go to bed now. And I turned and slept and I didn't, even if the option was there of, and it wasn't a, like a date situation or whatever, even if the option was there, I'm not going to like make that move and make it weird yeah. at the moment where I'm like, Hey, I know I could uh, kill you yeah. <laughs> with my bare hands. Let me, uh, let me make a move when you're at your most vulnerable. Exactly. It, yeah. Like while you're at my place without a car, like yeah. it, it was one of those things where I'm like, this is not the time to make that move is when somebody is literally no option because then then there's what's behind the decision. Yeah. So so making that decision, you know, 10 years ago or whatever when that was the the situation that prevented it presented itself, excuse me. And then seeing all these people that be like, "Oh, you were you were the opposite. You these guys were like, "Well, I have you here, so now I'm going to make the move." That got me so mad. I got so mad about it that now I have like this vigilante energy where I'm <laughs> yes. just like, I can't be at this club because I will, I'll kill that guy. Yeah. Like I'll break his ribs and then, and then I'm going to go to jail mm-hmm. and I'm sure that the GoFundMe will get me out of jail. But at the same time, it's a hassle. I don't need that. Yeah. I don't need to, I don't need to break Crystalia's ribs. But I want to. I want to so bad. <laughs> like, it's just such a because like this, these, these kid. Like, yeah, no. I mean, like preying on high schoolers, and that's that's the thing. It's like why I made fun of so many of of these guys in this group is because just because some of them might have thought that like. You know, you hear about like all oh, the 14 year old girls sneaking into like, you know, spring break in Florida to try to hook up with college guys. And it's like, yeah, but those girls need help. That's not yeah. an excuse for. Yeah, these are children. Yeah. Children aren't supposed to make good decisions. Making a very irresponsible, yes. dangerous decision. And you're not supposed to take advantage of that. But just the simple fact that like, even if these male comedians thought, well, some of these high school girls are trying to, they want a, an adventure. They want to have a little, you know, fun. They think they're more mature. They want to hook up with Delia. It's, it's like. If you know that that your friend is messaging high schoolers and he's 37, I don't need anything more than that to be like, yeah. F- you to death forever. Yeah. And so for all of these comedians that were like, oh, well, he was, you know, maybe he didn't know they were in high, maybe he didn't blah, 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 all these f-ing excuses. I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't need him to have f-ing a single high schooler for me to be this angry at mm-hmm. him. I find out that you're messaging high schoolers. That's enough for a rational person to be like, this guy sucks. Yeah. So when you see like Theo Vaughn and Santino talking about like, you know, Delia making these plans to f- girls on their 18th birthday, it's like, so you know he's talking to high schoolers, you know he's talking to underage girls, and you're okay with that? There's a, there's people that's not okay with that, and then yeah. there's f- you, you know? Do you think there is a path for redemption career-wise for some, maybe not for the the people that are like, 
pedophiles. I don't think there's. I think that should be just out. Yeah. Uh, I think that should be like, I'm going to say something controversial here, (laughs) but I got, I, I have no room for pedophiles in this, in this world. No, but like, I think what what about somebody like a, and I, and I guess Louis CK would be the, I think the, the example that people ask of like, is there a path to redemption? And there is a lot of debate about that even now, because like redemption, like artistically, he won a Grammy. Yeah, so he's redeemed artistically. So like it's clearly clearly the the, the also boy is is the the Grammy committee really telling on themselves yeah. by being like you know who deserves it. You know who's been through enough. You know, yeah. Louis CK. Well, time to end this chapter. Uh I was talking about this with two um two of the girls that were actually like uh, that Delia had done some mean shit to and we just kind of been talking. We were talking about Louis the other night and I, I was talking about like the way that these these male comedians will complain about Louis' situation and, and just what, quote, what happened to Louis. It's like what Louis did to himself, yeah. first <laughs> of all. And second of all, it's like he lost the public's trust. He lost a lot of women's trust. Mm-hmm. And when these guys complain and they're like, well, look at Louis now. He didn't do, even do like a whole, you know, assault. He just kind of did like a little bit of this. And it's like, no, 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 he lost he lost women's trust. And you don't think that he needs to do anything to gain that trust back. There is a path for Louis C.K. to gain the public's trust back. He's just not taking it because he would be too embarrassed to, like, go out. Like, there's just this thing in, like, stand-up comedy with, like, you know, these guys that are are just, you know, don't be a simp, don't be too nice to women. Like, anyone who's too nice to women is this, that, or, you know. And so it's like, yeah, if Louis wanted to, if he wanted to, to get some redemption... Yeah. He'd have to be super nice to women and the other men that, you know, he would think they would look at him like a b- you know? Yeah, it is interesting because I know he talks about it on that special where he's like, I think he says the the joke that he makes is like, you're all so lucky that everybody doesn't know what your thing is. Like, that's the bit that he comes up. He's like, because everybody in the world knows my thing. Yeah. He's like, and... And boy, has it been a, a ride having everybody discover that. And I always, I tell this to a lot of people, but I, I, I say, don't f- fans. And I was like, don't do it because mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it never goes well for Louis. I'm kind of like, maybe you should f- fans though. Make maybe you should do that thing with fans because they would probably be into the thing yeah. that you want to do. They like you as, as <laughs> you are, because pro- we are intellectual exhibitionists. We are, we are, comedians are vain. Mm-hmm. Uh, there oh, is yeah. a, there's no way that you get into this career and be like, nobody wants to hear what I have to say. Yeah. No, you, 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 you are, everybody hear you my speech. You deserve to hold the microphone and yes. everyone should look at you. There's, yeah, yeah there's an undeniable narcissism yeah, there, to the whole thing. <laughs> there are rules in comedy clubs if you try to talk to the yes. person talking. They're like, get the f- out of here. What the hell do you think? I, I deserve this speech. <laughs> I deserve this moment. Um, so, but like, so Louis C.K. doing like uh, the the sexual version of that sort of uh, exhibitionism. It's like, well, do that for fans, not your f-ing coworkers. Yeah, like, don't don't like, and it's like these guys just lower the level of of rationale and, and expectation for someone like yeah. Louis. He doesn't have to expect that his coworkers might want a professional relationship, but all of his female coworkers have to expect that he might want a sexual one. Yeah, it's. F- absurd and it's a ridiculous double standard and the fact that there's so many guys still upset like louis should be forgiven he should be fine like he used to be it it basically is their way of saying like louis tweeted that one little thing remember he tweeted that one paragraph isn't that enough for you 
And it's like, no. Yeah, I know J- Jackie Cation. I remember when when it like first happened, she I think it was on the Jackie and Lori show. She said something along the lines of like, well, we know how we can get out of it. He has to do the bit. Like he has to write a whole bit about that. And it's got to be a redemptive bit. Mm-hmm. And if it's not like you, ha- he is because oh, I love when people, by the way, when when this broke down and people were like, I didn't even find him funny in the first place. It's like, that is not what we are talking about here. That I've, I, I lose more respect for those people because oh yeah. it's like, this is not the problem. Cosby's yeah. comedy is yeah. not why he's in jail mm-hmm. uh, or he's not in jail anymore. Yeah, they, people are so uncomfortable with uh, like sexual assault, which you like, obviously you should be yes but not to the point where you're just gonna like pretend like these people don't exist the victims don't exist like that's a little taking it too far the the louis ck thing when, when people were like he's not even funny it's like yeah he was he is he is funny that's yeah. part of the problem is that he's so funny that he got this situation and he was so like if comics get can't like like genuinely comics mm-hmm. get canceled uh then everyone's like mm-hmm. yeah or whatever. <laughs> but there's like, oh, this guy actually had some talent. But yeah. He's kind of being an irredeemable piece of shit. Yes. I mean, not even irredeemable. He could get redemption. He just don't want it yeah. that bad. I always wonder about that because that seems to be what, what the fans and the supporters tend to say is like, well, nothing's going to be good enough. Yeah. Like, do people have to lose their job forever? It's like, no, no. That's, that's not it. But also, like, if somebody f***s a child, for example, like, they should be in jail and... Actually, comedy is probably the best place for them to be because those are 21 plus clubs. Like, that's just that's that is in of itself its own restraining order. Yeah. By by working at a comedy club. I mean, Uh, unless, you know, unless it's the Laugh Factory, then they'll just let all the kids in. Buddy. And Chris (laughs) D'Elia, which that's a dangerous mix. Uh, So, here's I remember uh, Val. Uh, Valerie Tazi, former guest of the show. <laughs> That's how I refer to her on yes, the podcast. You guys know. Former guest of the show. A former guest. <laughs> former guest of the show. And that's it. No, she went to pick up a paycheck at the Laugh Factory. And I was like, do you want me to go in with you? And she's like, no, it'll be fine. And she came back in and she was like, yeah, Chris D'Elia was at the bar. It's probably best you didn't come in. And she was like, it's probably best because that I didn't. I don't want to get banned because you crippled some guy. Because my ride... <laughs> Beat the shit out of some attempted redemptive comic. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like Delia. It's it's an insane move, and it's funny when you say people like, "Oh, he's not even funny." People have been coming up to me, and they're like, "Oh, hey, I saw your Delia thing. Yeah, that guy sucks. He like steals jokes." And I'm like, "Who gives a shit?" Yeah, that's not who gives a shit. Like that's a problem that we could have talked about if a much more, much much more important problem did not come up. Yeah. And yeah. it's all—it's always—it's always a straight guy, and it's like you can't even—you can't even be like, "Oh, he's a piece of shit for the way he treated women," because you're like, then you're a simp or whatever. Yeah, it's f- like one of the things about like what the people decry cancel culture all the time, and uh, and I—I'm I, not going to pretend that there aren't problems with the way we react to things on the internet. Sometimes mm-hmm. it happens. Like there's always going to be you know different different ends of the of the bell curve. Yeah. It always happens. But this idea that people are like, oh, so people are just being canceled. It's like, no, people make mistakes. And we know that. Mm-hmm. Like, we have been clear about, like, people have fucked. Like, 
we've all done something we've regretted and we're like, oh man, I hope people don't find this out. But, yeah. but also if, if something, if somebody's like, well, you did this thing in 2004, it's like, yeah, that was a different version of me. Mm-hmm. I've had people call me out. They were like, you bullied my friend in high school. I was like, yeah, probably. I didn't understand. And I used to get bullied and I took it out on other people and I was loud and attention seeking and it wasn't fair and I'm sorry. And if I could talk to that person right now, I would tell them how sorry I am. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, <laughs> Because it was like on Facebook and they're like, well, you say this, but 20 years ago you were this. And I was like, yeah, man, I, I, that was a real ass move. I'm different and I'm sorry. And I've yeah. done a lot of work to not be that person. And people are like, oh. <laughs> because people, they have it in their mind that there's like nothing more humiliating than apologizing publicly. And that is a like toxic narcissist straight like maybe stand-up comedy is like a more positive way to vent some of your narcissism but like no i should <laughs> it's, i'm gonna i'm gonna cut you out right there let me sure let me let me read it there's room for it to be more how there's definitely yes. room for it to be shit, but yeah like people people don't want to see like what do you mean famous people never have to apologize everybody fucks up and i think that it's really great that apologies are part of just a normal public life now and Eva, Eva Longoria said something that, you know, people on Twitter were like, this is anti-black. You know, they're really going after her. She went out, apologized, and is f- gone now. Like, people aren't still, ter- yeah. you know. Pat Oswalt had a, an old joke. I don't remember what it was. It was something, it might have even been like, you know, like ableist language or something like that. Sure. Some Republican disingenuously called him out like, oh, you can't be woke now because remember this. And he was like, I wish I could take this back. And now it's nothing. That was years ago. Yeah. You don't hear Pat Oswalt being torn down for all these old jokes because it's like we know how he feels now. Yeah. People are not as irrational as these freedom of speech comedians want to paint them as. Yeah. And it's like it's irrational. It's like hysteria. It's this idea that like, you know, white guys are, are like the arbiters of rationality and they get to judge whether or not anyone, any other group is a pro- like reacting appropriately. I'm incredibly <laughs> irrational, by the way. So that's. Well, I know everyone's got their <laughs> But yeah, uh, you know, it's it's I uh, something when like the Me Too thing really broke. I it, it really because it causes you to think about stuff and being like, well, did I not only have I acted uh, wrong in certain situations, which I have, mm-hmm. by the way, I, I I know that I have. And I actually messaged those women and said, I, I've done an inventory. This yeah. was wrong. Mm-hmm. And and I'm sorry. There's so many of these anti-cancel culture people. I'm like, do you understand how many women would just take an apology and move the f*** on? You know how many women do not want to go public or go to court? So there was this there was this girl I had a crush on like in high school and in college. And I just I, I, I put her on this pedestal of being this paragon of, of girl that I wanted to be with forever, which is a huge mistake. She's a Republican uh, now. <laughs> like. But I, I remember I engaged, I refer to it jokingly as I engaged in some light stalking because she was like, I, I knew where she, she worked at like an Applebee's and I would mm-hmm. go there every once in a while to see her and we were very friendly and I like, I ended up like one time, like I was getting a lot of mixed signals and I wrote a f-ing letter cause I'm embarrassing and a nerd and I need a hard copy and you proof. And, <laughs> and I wrote this like letter being like, I don't know what to do. I have this, you know, I have really strong feelings. And I like waited outside the parking lot to like give it to her or whatever. And it was like, I didn't understand. Like yeah. to me in my head, I was like, well, John Cusack held the, the stereo up. Thanks. Yeah. Th- that movie, by the way, John Cusack holding the stereo up 
damaged so many men oh, into God, yeah. being told what romance is. Yeah. Just keep following her. Right. But like, yeah. and I thought, and she, she ended up like somebody like walked her to her car. So like, there's like a guy in the parking lot. And like, I've thought about that since that, that happened in like 2002 yeah. or something or 2003. And I, th- I still, I think about it. Like I still yeah. think about that. So I sent her this message and was like, Hey, like it was not only was it unfair, it was inappropriate. I was like, you didn't owe me anything. And, and I, I acted this way because I didn't know. And I, I, the only romantic references I had were pop culture and I, I, I did it wrong. It was my fault. I'm sorry. And she's like, I don't even remember that. And I was like, what? But it was like, to me, like I got off this baggage that I was carrying for a long time. Uh, and, and, and it was this thing that this person never even thought twice about, but guys, if you fuck up, make, you should probably. Just... Yeah. Like if, if these guys fuck up, it's like, Hey, this is probably not the worst thing that a guy's done to this woman. So you can really just, you know, like apologize. She's probably just, had a million other instances. That's the most terrifying sentence you could have possibly Isn't said. It? But I'm thinking like, of course this girl doesn't remember cause she probably got chased by a homeless man the next day. You yeah. know, like it's, it's. And like no disrespect to like homeless people, they they need to be you know taken care of and not on the streets for their safety and our safety and the betterment of our society. But like, there's just so much that happens to you that yeah you some I was scrolling through old comments and I was like on some pictures that were not sexual. I was literally wearing like an oversized man's shirt. It was like all buckled up and I was like you know up to my neck and people are still making sexual comments. I'm like oh I forgot this creepy ass that like that. I'm so glad I was a, a like a fat nerd as a kid because like I'm terrified of women. So like the idea of even saying something, especially on like a public for like social media coming out and people being like sexually horny, uh, on me. like horny. And I'm just like, dude, that's not how you talk to women. You hide under a pile of coats and you hope that one of them notices you like a adult exactly what are you doing talking to the women you're attracted to you psychopath <laughs> you uh, know what the story you told reminds me of uh two things one sarah silverman tweeted that like her ups guy recognized her and was like hey can i come in and hang out and she was like no did men not understand that we are terrified of you you can't just come in and hang out you know and you're just out there in the parking lot not thinking twice about the fact that at a parking lot i'm picturing it at night i don't know if it was day it or was not. oh it was at, like it was at night yeah i'm picturing it at just night and and you just not realizing that women don't want to be approached by a guy at night in a parking lot you know so, so like it, i've always carried that and this is the thing and i think a lot of men think this way and this is why because i've always been like look i would never do that like i would never violent do anything violent to a woman primarily because that just the idea of it sickens me because of my sport mm-hmm. like i hit men yeah so like the idea of like hitting a wo- without gloves just like that is so fu- that's foul to me yeah when you hear people like beating their wives and kids and i'm just like the the idea of what that impact would do physically to anybody like it sickens me oh yeah so i carry this around i'm like well I, why would you think that i would never do that but i'm like oh but like a lot of dudes would do that and you can't tell that i'm not that guy yeah so like louis saying he was like you guys are all lucky no one knows what your thing is because everyone knows mine and it's just sort of like all of these guys think every man is like me and any man who's not doing what i'm doing is just like a you know a weak bitch simp who wishes that he could you know Mm. shove his girlfriend around but he lets her walk all over him and it's it's up that all these they all that's why 
there's so many guys out there who are like, well, look, Louis do Because in their mind, they're like, yeah, I want to do those things. I'm choosing not to. And so they, they think every guy wants to do these things and chooses not to. And and it's like, no, some guys really don't want to do these things. And, and are off in front of women. Sickened. That's embarrassing. It's the most embarrassing thing so you could do is masturbate. <laughs> like it's it's and it's a thing that we all do. But it's also like it's like a, it's shameful. Like it's such a shameful thing. Even though it's not shameful and I'm sex positive, I'm not. Um, but the idea of like, of like doing that, and it's like, well, I don't want anyone to see that. Like, there's no. I mean, that's the narcissist. You got to perform if you got to need an audience. We're all different. Yeah, like I, I don't know. Oh, I I went. Um, I was babysitting for a woman, and her husband just gets really mad over. Uh, the Dodgers were losing, and he starts throwing stuff and breaking stuff. So we pick up the kids, and we're like, "Let's go for a walk and get the hell out of here." And then. You know, he's driving up behind us in the car, and it's like, yeah, because you lost your audience. You were performing, and we left, and now there's nothing. What kind of a psychopath that when a when a sports game, when strangers playing a children's game, don't perform the way you want to? That is like, and so you scare your kids. And was it at least during the playoffs? I, I, you know, I don't know shit about baseball. I think it was close to, I think it was a big one. I think it was, okay. I think it, you know, but I, I again, Th- those I are the know. kind of men that I'm like, you should not exist. No. Yeah. No, it's so petty and petulant and childish and like just a tantrum. But then it's just so much scarier. Cause it's like, yeah, you have all these muscles you have, you know, on average, you're going to have more muscles and you're welcome than all all these women. So it's like, yeah, if you're throwing a TV remote across the room, there's that implication again. But that story that you told me about being in the parking lot reminds me of this story that my friend told me. And this is a story, but it goes to show you how much like guys just don't think about the way that women walk through the world. There was this girl, we were in high school. She was homeschooled. She was one of my homeschool friends. And, um, oh, we're going to talk about that later, yeah. by the way. <laughs> she uh, she was walking to her car and five of her guy friends um, thought it would be a really funny prank if they put on ski masks and pretended to Shit. jump her in the parking lot and like were like, oh, we're going to steal your purse and be like, ha ha, got you. And so they they come up on this bitch in the church parking lot at night with a bunch of kitchen knives, pocket knives and switchblades and they're like, give me your purse, give me your purse, bitch. She started crying and peed herself, and then okay, they were that like, "That is funny again." Yeah, and then yeah. they take that. They're like, "Oh no, it was us, Carrie. Sorry, we were just playing. It was a prank." And she's like sobbing, and they were like, "Oh, I guess she didn't get the joke." Yeah, and the joke is she was about to be trafficked or murdered. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, guys don't realize like that is. She's not like, oh my god, you had me. I totally, you totally thought that, you know. Yeah, well, what a funny joke. Good one, guys. No, it was like she thought she was gonna die. I think it was Danny Fernandez that like she did a tweet that was like, you know, when when people asked the genders what they would do if they switched, you know, and, and somebody was just like, oh, you know, guy guys were like play with my boobs, and girls were like, I wear headphones at night. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, yeah, uh, like I don't. I am relatively fearless. Like, I'm afraid of things that can't hurt. I'm afraid of cockroaches. That's what I'm afraid of. Because all the real things that I could be afraid of aren't a problem for me. Yeah, no, you're like fucking tall as shit. I'm a giant with 21 years of punching for fun. Fighting background. That's my fun is punching stuff. So, like, I have no fear. Like, at all. Mm -hmm. So, when I see something like a cockroach skitter by, I'm like, that is the scariest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) 
Because in theory, I'm imagining it being 200 feet tall and killing me in a monster movie. Who you is know it? what's funny is I have the same lack of fear, but it's just from growing up Christian. And I was like, oh, I can walk around with my headphones at night because God's not going to let anything bad happen to me. And then I look back, I'm like, I'm lucky I didn't get thrown in a van. I... I think I I lost my my faith primarily when I was a student painter and I had to clean paint chips off of the top of a I was on a fully extended 40 foot ladder on the marble staircase of a church and I was like god wouldn't let me die and then I looked down and saw it bowing and it like moved a little and I just kind of like slowly walked down and I was like this god's going to let me die yeah, god's gonna I'm like god ain't going to do shit. God yeah. lets people die all the time. All the time. Why would he give a shit about a painter? Yeah. <laughs> like painting a church. This shit, shit, Massachusetts church. It's been yeah. covered in lead paint since the 70s. They're only finally fixing it because they just pushed one of their priests out because he molested 30 kids or something. Like, I don't like, need we that need shit. To, we need to change the room in here so people yeah. forget about that priest. Yeah, what about a nice coat of new paint? Yeah. You know, so we forget about all the kid that happened. New chapter. Here. Yeah. <laughs> This is a new church. Look at this glossy, non-toxic paint. Let's hire the let's hire the lowest bidder so we can fix this. God, our church choir, we would come, we would like drive down to like, you know, uh, California or we go to, I'm from Oregon, so we go to like Washington, Idaho. And then we thought we were like touring our choir and singing for all these churches and performing. But in retrospect, we were just doing free labor for them. We we're just a bunch of teenagers who were like... Yeah cleaning because we would have to clean these churches we'd have to like paint we'd have to go around and like cut shrubberies and it's like yeah you can get a bunch of teenagers to do all this work for free and that's why these churches were like yeah bring your 60 you know student choir down here they didn't give a fuck about our horrible singing no they're there and why would they no because it's it is free the idea of like children are labor is such a like an antiquated religious idea yeah and it's always like i remember we're not farmhands I remember like we would go to, we would volunteer at a soup kitchen, mm -hmm. but they would always make everyone pray. And I'd be like, well, that seems kind of antithetical to the concept of the soup kitchen. Aren't you just supposed to just not proselytize there? And it's like, well, what's the point? Yeah. If we can't tell them that God is great while they're dying, a bunch of like, you know, media. And we were, by the way, we also took food home. Like yeah. we, we weren't, we were pretty poor. Uh, it is, <laughs> it's very funny. Like when, you know, because we we lived in, in sort of on the border of that poverty line, like we were poor, mm -hmm. and you know, I got free lunch in, in school and everything like that, which you did too, Homeschool. because you were at home. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. My mom kept track of all that. <laughs> she charged you for the food. This was dollar forty. Ugh. We we uh, and we used to get food donated, mm -hmm. uh, and I didn't realize that was something that I was at the time supposed to be ashamed of. Yeah. So I'd brag about it and be like. We have McDonald's buns on our sandwiches at home. That's and such a kid thing to be like, you guys don't, you're not lucky enough to yeah, have this. We have these breaded sugar uh, sesame seed buns here. Sponge. Yeah, it was, it was very funny because like we, and also my grandfather had money. Like f him, he lived next door and he was like pretty well off and we were still like, like pretty. Yeah, the number of, of people that I have met and look, I, I'm from Portland, Oregon, so they were mostly white people who will just like not even give their kids money. You know, they'll let their kids sleep in the car when they're like a millionaire. And it's like, what the f are you yeah. are you doing? I get the bootstrap idea, but it's yeah. like, 
There's... I don't know. My mom got pregnant at 17, Grandpa. I don't know what the f*** you expect her to do. Go How back to college. How punish her for, for yeah. this shit? Yeah, that's that's your son. That's the woman your son knocked up. Mm-hmm. Like own it a little bit. Yeah, like, but I mean, I guess it, for in all reality, like we never starved. I was I was very round. I don't know if you've ever seen the photos of me as a kid. I certainly wasn't starving, but I wasn't eating well. Yeah, uh, because of that. Oh yeah, I would I would eat like a bag of marshmallows every day. Oh, minimum. I have a. It's funny, like that, because I I have a, a I'm a compulsive overeater. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's one of those things where. You know, people are like, oh, like, so you, you, you eat overeat sometimes. I'm like, no, no, no. Compulsive overeating is this weird thing where like I'll eat anything and my body won't stop. So they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, have you ever eaten half a stick of butter? And they're like, what? And I was like, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or like mom's baking chocolate chips at 3 a.m. in the freezer because you know that that's when everyone's in their deepest sleep and you won't wake them up when you sneak that food. Because that's the shit I would do. I used to keep a Wendy's uh, frosty spoon in the bag of sugar in our like pantry, and when like no one was looking, I would just reach in, eat a spoonful of sugar, and just put it right back in there. You get and it. I remember once my mom was like, she was cooking something, she took it out, she's like, what the fuck, and then just kept moving, and I'm like, she doesn't know that I'm eating. Yeah, this you're sugar. just getting through it, yeah. Our oh, our church choir one time we did a a, a few concerts for um, like unhoused people. And it the and it was like if you want the food you have to stick around for the church choir and then the thing, and that is so insanely manipulative. Yeah. And it's like that's that's kind of what like this Louis C.K. thing is doing. It's like you these people have no option. Yeah. And you know they have no option, so you're forcing them into a situation where you think they have to be grateful for what you're giving them when really you're just being an asshole. I remember, like I I working at soup kitchens. I actually really. In- enjoyed doing primarily mm-hmm. because it's people these people are they're interesting to talk to and, yeah. and 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 you're doing something good but once you start adding like the caveat to it mm-hmm. where you're like well you, you gotta you gotta join our cult yeah they're gonna do that if you don't join. it's like well are you giving them homes no you're just giving them a hot meal and then sending them on their way yeah like that's not Go go you're, read this Bible back in your tent city. You yeah, know. go go prolong your <laughs> life by here's some here's some vitamins to <laughs> to stay alive so we can tell you why God is good while you're, the guy next to you dies of a heroin overdose. Mm-hmm. I always find that to be it's like what do you fix it? Yeah, that's Salt Lake City. They they didn't they like put a huge dent in homelessness yeah. by housing yeah. the unhoused. And that's like look for all we want to say about the Church of LDS. They, 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 they put up like they yeah. did. They did it. They, they know how to get recruitments. And uh, I remember as like a, a high schooler, you know, I'd see homeless people and I'd be like so sad. I'm like, oh, they don't know there's a church right around the corner that could solve all their problems. Because I really thought if homeless people went to our church, we would help them. We'd get them on their feet. We'd get them clothes, jobs, this, that, and the other. And I, and I went to a pretty big church in Oregon, yeah. so we had the resources to do this kind of stuff. And I was just sitting there thinking like, oh, these poor homeless people don't understand. They could just come. And then now, now that I've like grown up in the church and I've heard stories of like a woman came into the church asking for $700 and they went through like a, you know, they they went through a budget with her and she couldn't account for every single penny she was spending, probably because she was buying things she was embarrassed of. So they were like, sorry, we can't help you because there's $200 here unaccounted for. So get out. And it's like, yeah, if homeless people showed up at the churches, 
That's what Jesus would have done, though. Right. Yeah. Jesus Christ would have budget. been like, but what do you want the money for? Mm-hmm. Like, show me your budget. Yeah. I remember that because that was in uh, Luke yeah. where he talks about that. Yeah. That's the G- like, Jesus and the leper and the budget. Yes. Yeah. He's like, are you going to spend this on leprosy medicine or are you going to spend this on wine? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to spend money on wine. I got you. Um, so yeah, you kind of, well, or I want to talk about that, the, about the religion thing for a second, but I don't yeah. know if you know this, but, uh, if you head on over, first off, if you're listening to this episode for free, Hey, thank you. Isn't Alice great? Uh, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate your ears, uh, so much and your time. It means the world to me. If you're listening on Patreon, I appreciate you more, uh, because you are why I'm uh, alive. You're Extra currently special. You're why I can eat food. Um, if you head on over to the uh, patreon.com slash Jeff May and you sign up for the producer tier, I will say whatever name you want me to say. I have no, I have no integrity when it comes to this. Like unless it's racist. how to make Jeff May say the N-word. Guys, we're doing this. Just be around me when you're not around. <laughs> I, don't know. I can tell you, I used to, I used to have a joke where I use that word, mm-hmm. and we can talk about that later. Let's if you get want. into we it. Can, we can, we can, <laughs> you can think very differently of me after this. Um, so, uh, but I'm going to say uh, thank you to these very, very special producers. Uh, so, first off, welcome to Gray Man of the Nightmare Potluck. Everyone is welcome at the table. Uh, thank you to Jeff using deep blue sea memes to break bad news. Shout out to Tyler Wilgus, asking seven. <laughs> In the time, to- there's a lot. There's a lot of shit here. Oh, I- in the time since he changed his name on this document, Jezbot had a kid, got a new job, and got COVID. You need to update that name, Jezbot. This has been going on for like a month. I hope you still don't have COVID. Uh, Congrats I- on the kid. Though. I do hope you still have the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the job, Kimball, the casual Frankenstein, the Target loss prevention officer currently hunting Jeff. I shoplift at Target. I, I I think that everyone should shoplift at Target and Walmart. Yeah, peanut M and M's. I always I steal a nice bag. That one's for me. I'll pay for everything else, but the M and M's. That's that's Jeff's tax. Uh, shout out to Stephen. Uh, Billy ban brioche buns on burgers. Beck, I f- hate a brioche bun on a hamburger. Really? Oh, I f- the brioche bun because I'm a child. It can dissolve. It's like a sugary and it dissolves. It's like a cotton candy bun. Mm. You might be getting some cheap-ass brioche. Brioche is designed to be a light, airy dessert bread. Oh, I guess you're right. Uh, It has no... It has... A McDonald's burger is the only thing... Like, a dry little patty is the only thing that a brioche bun could handle. Shout out to Cody Beck, Mike Gouts, Lisa McCarty, at Comics Book Girl. Comics with an X and Girl with a U. Aeschylus and his tortoise. uh, Shout out. Shout out to Dr. DNA. Shout out to Hooray for Pontius Pilate. I love Pontius Pilate. Yeah, he, he fulf- Washes his hands. He fulfilled the prophecy. That's what he needed to do. Uh, the scene in Meet Joe Black where Brad Pitt dies. Shout out to I'm Never Gonna Have a History Podcast, you little shits, so stop asking. I think everyone wants me to go back to history. They're like, you should do hardcore history. I'm like, that's already They already show. have that. Yeah, that's already I'm going to do my own thing. Listen to, listen to You Don't Even Like Sports. That's a history-ish podcast. And it's funny as shit. Uh, shout out to Mackenzie. Sisyphus may be happy, but he's into CrossFit, so f*** him, chill. Also, I ran into him at uh, the Frank Turner concert. Shout out to Instagram and Twitter's at Bob underscore of underscore skull. So, shout out to Sergeant Pepper's hot dog flavored water. Gross. Lemming Malloy. Norm from Cheers. Burrito Mouth. Dan Hackroyd. As long as we're bringing back Pepsi Blue, let's bring back the Bigfoot from Pizza Hut. 
Do you have a favorite like dirt bag pizza chain? Um, Pizza Hut. I actually you, do you like. Pizza Hut I, honestly, I'll eat Papa John's. I'm a fucking raccoon. Wow. Papa John's. I mean, I stopped you eating race it. race trader. I stopped eating it when he was using the N-word, but then when they sold it to Shaq, I was like, oh, let me eat it again. <laughs> okay, I'll put a opposite of Papa John's. Shaq looks like he got he bought Papa John's just so he could have access to Papa oh, John's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, doesn't he own like 47 franchises or something like that? I mean, he's making that money. I've never seen anybody grab the bag more than Shaq. Oh, no. It's like, did you need the general money? Did you need money from the general? Snoop Dogg did a general commercial. I'm like, baby doll, I know you don't need to do that. That's it's it's very funny. I actually very much am happy for black celebrities that are really Same. that they're just like, I'm gonna shamelessly get that bag. Mm-hmm. When it used to be like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's like, I'd never do a commercial unless it was in Japan. Yeah. And and black celebrities are like, F- that man, I'm not like gonna a, be yeah. gonna make a million dollars to be like, hey, they're the general. Yeah. I'll, I'll shoot a happy meal into a hoop like a basketball. I don't give a Also, shout out to Shaq for acting for 30 years and still not getting better at it. That is a commitment that he, I'm like, have you even taken a class? <laughs> you know what? Let him know what you're willing to do and then never raise the bar. He's, it's so perfect. Because I was, what was it? I was saying like Uncle Drew, which I saw in the theater. Uh, I support the community. No, um, And I was watching and I was like, oh, he's still a awful actor and it's been so long he's like the black steven seagal he just can't get good at the at the thing he's trying so hard to do but i also love him so much no of course he's so he's lovable and he's also like incredibly generous Mm -hmm. uh which i love yeah that's doing papa john's commercials so he can buy out walmarts for people when he shows up there yeah uh i jeff may believe that there is no better streaming service than tubi to watch armand asante movies that is true. Uh, I'm not going to research it, but it's probably true. Shout out to the itty bitty Millie committee. Pity the fool. Kelly says, get your booster, you gaslighting dip turds. You know, I used to say, Kelly, you need to update that name, but we think we got to probably yeah. get the boosters back in. And add also maybe get get that smallpox vaccine because yeah. that works against the MPs pretty well. Uh, shout out to the guy who played JJ in Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Shout out to uh, my co-producer of Mint on Card, Lisa Harden. Shout out to uh, Seismic Charge Noise. That's a nice little Star Wars reference there. Shout out to Vorderspin, Jocular Haggard Cantankerous Fool. There's a lot of JHCF references here. I don't care for pie. Oh, God, it feels so good to finally get that off my chest. People really just be making you say anything. I'll say anything. Yeah, yeah. I also love pie. They're making you earn their Patreon dollars. I'm enjoying this. It's, it's, it's a deceptively low amount of money, too. I set I set the bar at my integrity very low. For ten dollars a month, I will say whatever shit you want. Um, also, side note: uh, you got a favorite pie? Uh, lemon meringue. I like a good lemon meringue, mm-hmm. although the consistency of the meringue sometimes gets. I like a key lime because it doesn't have the meringue. I yeah, I, I f- with meringue. Meringue's. I like a dried meringue, like when you buy meringues as like a cookie. I mm-hmm. like that like chalk. I like those too, but I also like the just the. F- like wet yeah spongy, the hairspray type good, of shit yeah no i mean i get it i get it I, I i like a consistency i like a i like a good blueberry pie with a with a scoop of vanilla ice cream on it i've switched it to the shit i've shifted to the fruits to the fr- in my yeah. pies or it used to be much of the chocolate i like the, i like the chocolate cream pie before 
I like I like a Boston cream pie. The, I think those are good. Like a Boston cream pie donut too. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Those are good. You know, we used to you don't know this, but we used to call them when I was a kid because my dad named said the we called them goat guts. My dad, my dad's like goat guts, and we just called it that all the time. And we'd ask for it like at the store. <laughs> we'd be like, "Can't get a goat guts," and we'd be like, "What? Is this, what's this fat kid saying?" Like, and this then is... my dad would be like, "Boston cream." I should have never said it to these just, kids. They would never let it go. Yeah, I should have never said that. Um, shout out to Gotham City OSHA. Shout out to Jeff May convinced me to quit Twitter, and you should quit too because it's awful. I wish. I'm. I'm gonna guess you with me. I wish I could quit Twitter if it, my career wasn't dependent on it. Oh, God, I literally just tweeted like yesterday. I'm like, the only reason I'm not deleting this app is because I got to be on here when Donald Trump dies because it is going to be f***ing wild. It's going to be so funny. I'm going to love that a lot. Cannot wait. Nicholas, simply having a wonderful men bun time. Fabian, that's a reference to the Therese Curatolo episode of this episode where she loves uh, Paul McCartney and man buns. A lot of deep cuts in the Patreon. These, these fans are loyal. They, they love you. The, these hoes are loyal. The hoes are loyal. Uh, Jen, be earnest and enjoy what you love. I love that. That's such a nice little. Yeah. She's like, she's wedged her little her little nugget of, of beauty in this just <laughs> storm of douchebag names that are coming at me. It's like, Jeff says, you, bitch. And then Jen, be earnest and enjoy what you love. Mm-hmm. Thank followed, you, Jen. Fo- you know, it's like followed by pillow farts or whatever. And you're like, oh, this is, I got to put her in a special place so I can say this at the end. So I'm sure I have to deal with all not this Not a shit. sandwich in between this. The local man at Gavin underscore not, not with two T's, ass of bass. Shout out to Adam Warlock. He wants your soul. Verbose minimalist, world's humblest man. Uh, the ch- uh, At the pajamari on Instagram for pictures of my feet. It's of strength. Uh, shout out to Kale's only true purposes as the garnish at a 1996 Pizza Hut buffet. Christy Salinas. Parker Aylesworth is not that tall. He has fake legs. Three Jacob Tremblays in a trench coat sneaking into an R-rated movie. Where's Clawful? Did you have a favorite toy growing up? I loved, uh, there was, they were called Poly Fashion. It was by the same po- company as Poly Pocket, but oh. they were just bigger. You couldn't swallow them and choke and die. You couldn't choke and die, yeah. yeah. I wonder if they did a Mighty Max version of that too. Because, you know, Mighty Max and Polly Pocket were the gendered versions of the same thing. Oh, okay. We never had any Mighty Maxes. So, like, well, Three sisters and one brother. We all just yeah. had Polly Pockets. My brother didn't f*** with him. Yeah, Mighty Max was like a little Dennis the Menace looking kid with like an M on his shirt. And he would, but his little Polly Pocket things were like skulls that you'd open up and it was like, ooh, it's a dungeon. Yeah, keep uh, you from growing up gay. They were bad, which didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work, man. I got my kid a Mighty Max and he's hanging out with old queers, man. <laughs> All right, shout out to Cronenberger Meister, Meisterberger. Shout out to, it was me, Jeff. I've been giving you $10 a month since the beginning so you could afford more gas station Pop-Tarts, keeping you sluggish, just slow enough for me to steal Christmas. I love Christmas. I am a Christmas simp. I hate Halloween because it's in the way of Christmas. Oh my God. I hated Halloween because I wasn't allowed to celebrate it because it's the devil's holiday. My boyfriend's obsessed with Halloween and he's kind of getting me into it, but everyone, I just always everyone thought- out here is- Obsessed with Halloween. I just always thought the decorations were tacky. And Christmas decorations can be tacky, but they can also be like nice and classy. I felt like 99% of Halloween direction, uh, decorations are just tacky bullshit. If Val hears you in the other room, she's going to lose her f-ing mind. She's going to run out here with a knife. She's going to be like, you 
a fake a, a fake decorative knife from her <laughs> yes. Halloween direction. Yeah, no, I, I just I, I always feel like Halloween's in the way. Like I think Christmas is a better holiday. Uh, also, gas station pop tarts. That's what I eat when I travel. Oh. When I'm like on the road, I buy. I, I overspend on Pop-Tarts. I could buy a box of Pop-Tarts at a grocery store. Get the f*** out of here with that. I'm going to spend $1.59 on old blueberry Pop-Tarts and a blue wrapper. Oh, whenever I'm at the airport, I buy candy from their expense. It's like I could bring in my own f***ing yeah. lifesavers, but yeah, I'm you spending can't. $5 on theirs. Yeah, you, you could smuggle in candy. Yeah. It's fine. In Soviet Russia, we have cool Jeffs. Elselda went to the Grand Canyon and didn't fall in. Congratulations. I still ain't going to the Grand Canyon. That thing looks like 12 people fall in a year. The Grand Canyon. I've say, I've stated this several times. It was on it was on an episode of Unpopular Opinion where I'm like, the Grand Canyon. And in general, like nature, I'm good after like 15 minutes of the same view. I actually, I've been to the Grand Canyon three or four times and there's horrible lookout points and then there's places that just make you feel like the majesty of That's awesome. Is it still a giant hole in the earth? It is still a giant oh, okay, hole in yeah. the earth. But the I think squirrels I get the gist. there are, are really friendly and they are used to people so they just run up to people because they know that you'll give them water and like food and stuff so they're all just like the nicest little squirrels. Replace the word squirrel with rat and then how does that sound? I, I, I f*** them. <laughs> You sound like the guy from Glorious Bastards. <laughs> That's a bingo. Um, shout out to Aaron Meyer, the great advertising scam, a Jeff May joint. It's coming, folks. I had to take a little rest, but I'm coming. I'm bringing it back. The ghost of Dave Thomas, the digital Phil, Silius Ruby, Jessica Robertson. Show me in the rules where it says a dog can't play basketball. It should have been in the rules. Eat and die hard, Grand Canyon. See, somebody's <laughs> on my side. Farty Marty's Nerd Party, Gerard Ruane. Odessin Molotov says, topple the patriarchy, get today. Uh, Gregorio is fed up with these new vampire shows movies. Already, we nailed it with the Lost Boys. We did, I love the Lost Boys. Shout out to Goji. Shout out to Rudy, Daft Punk has an anime, Rueda. Jeff hates competitive fun. The return of Magnolia Thunder. Nerd numbers, Huey. Strange takes number 114, the return of not impotent Baron Hordu. What? Not impotent. Not impotent. Definitely stated in here that it was not impotent. <laughs> so uh, shout out to Bart Fartigan, Patrick Dore at AV Foundry, Jennifer Fendelator, Bodacious Big Bad Bouncing Bollock Bonanza, Jumping Rope, still a sport, Jeff not liking it, still a fact. You're going to hear a lot of people saying I don't like sports because I have a show called You Don't Even Like Sports. Uh, Maine, more than Stephen King. Mm. I went to college there. Hard disagree. <laughs> uh, Big Booty Boy, 42069. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Ricky Cilantro, shout out to Null and Void. Shout out to Koi Fom, Art and Mentoring, a sponsor, also a former guest. Mm. I love when they do that. <laughs> um, shout out to uh, Boyd PF PDJF, which I don't know if that's, I just put that name in there because you just signed up and I wanted to make sure you get repped, bro. Shout out to Bauhaus. Bauhaus? Bauhaus? Bauhaus. 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 <laughs> I don't B-A-O-H-A-U-S. Bauhaus. Bauhaus. That's a bingo. That's a bingo. 
And then uh, finally, uh, shout out to Aldo. I canceled my dating app subscription to use the money on Patreon Vargas. And we appreciate, I appreciate you sacrificing that nut, Aldo. Thank mm -hmm. you so much. Um, if you uh, if you are, want to be uh, mentioned on a podcast like this, head on over to patreon.com slash Jeff May and sign up for the uh, producer tier. If... However, you want to say uh, you already signed up and my, your name wasn't on there. That means you didn't tell me that name or you didn't sign up on the thing. You got to get on that, man. I can't. I can only do so much. I want to encourage people to do more of the every single word starts with the same letter. Those ones were fun. I really like those, those. destroy my tongue, which is great. Uh, so shout out to that. And again, if you want to head on over to patreon.com slash Jeff Bain, you will also get early access to uncensored episodes with bonus content as well. It's not just the name thing. Uh, so you were, you're, you were in like a, like a cult. Um, I was, I tell people that it was sort of like if, if the, the entire cult was just your family. Uh, my mom was, uh, she homeschooled us. And uh, she'd make us line up in the morning, every morning, in order of age, and uh, like put our hand over our heart and say the Pledge of Allegiance to this little American flag she got from the 99 cent store that was just stapled to like a skinny dowel rod. Um, yeah, my, my mom, she was really like, the more that I listen to like podcasts, true crime podcasts about cults, the way these cult leaders act really reminds me of my mom in the 90s because we were really just like minor infractions. You were just getting this massive punishment. And because uh, she's a fundamentalist Christian. Is yes. That right? yeah. And like we were not allowed to say we had like our own like words and stuff. The, the meanest word we could say was like silly. We couldn't, you know, we weren't you, allowed can to you call. Walk, can you stop cursing on my podcast, I'm please? So sorry. One of my friends, when I was a kid, called me silly. I started crying because my siblings use it as an insult. So I thought she was doing the same thing and she was not. Uh, but yeah, like we were not allowed to use the word awesome unless we were talking about God. Um, yeah. The literal version of the word. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we would, we did not get a good education. Um, homeschooling should be a safe and legal option for everyone except for religious people. They need to be barred. Yeah. So I, I was listening to Family Gems, the mm -hmm. Suba, uh, Suba Agarwal and Valerie Tossi's yes, podcast. Yes, former guest Valerie Tossi. And yeah, former former guest of the show, Valerie Tossi. Um, and uh, so your, your sister learned about slavery on the Discovery Channel. Yeah. That's, um, a, that's a problem, right? It is. We Our homeschool education, like I technically graduated from some high school in Illinois, some private Christian high school in Illinois, and did like correspondence work for that school. But these like evangelical private schools, I mean, whitewashing history is is putting it lightly. It is fake bullshit. Like we did not really learn very much about any part of history that would make white evangelicals feel bad. We learned that like George Washington By the way, was, huge resurgence in this in this idea. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like George Washington was like ordained by God. In my history book, it said that um, George Washington came back from one of the battle with like three bullet holes in his jacket, but like no bullet holes in his body. And it's like God saved him. The bullet went through the jacket. Wait, a a, a, like a textbook said that? Yes. Um, another textbook that my little sister read said that like in the early days, the pilgrims, when they were, you know, Puritans and stuff, like a, a nurse had delivered a baby that was born with like horns and hooves and bat wings because like the witches and stuff um so a little bit of a justification for the salem witch trials i guess in there this is this is a problem yeah i wrote a paper on what a great guy stonewall jackson was i wrote a paper on what a great guy ronald reagan was Ooh, that seems somehow worse here's what's worse about that one is i picked it 
<laughs> she was like, you can write it. You can write about any of the presidents. And I was like, well, my man, my whole family loves Reagan. The so the cult of Reagan was insane. And it's like, still going. Well, we forget how insanely popular he was. Mm-hmm. He could get away. He could do no wrong. Mm-hmm. And he did a lot of wrong. No, he did so much. Wrong. He did so much wrong. He's like, he, he might be one of the worst presidents of all time. Shout out Nancy, though, knew how to suck a mean dick. Uh, did you ever hear Mike Malloy's bit about that? No. He's like, it's like describing Bob Cousy playing basketball. It's like, sure, good at the time, but they couldn't keep up with today's game. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great, shout it's out phenomenal. to Mike Malloy uh, for that joke. The, um, yeah, the, it's funny. Like, I remember my, my brother, ha- ha- his ex-father-in-law, uh, when I was a history teacher, and he was like, "What do you?" He was like, "I got a question for you." He's from North Carolina, so I know it was going to be some piece of mm-hmm. ass. And they have to mu- preface the question instead of just asking. Mustache it. mother. Yeah. I mean, he's like, "What do you consider the most important? What do you consider the mo- like the big, the biggest moment of you know in in like history? Uh, not in in like I think it's like in American history or whatever or or what he said something about like the 20th century. I was like, oh, the election of Ronald Reagan. I think it pretty much destroyed the trajectory of our country. And I did that for one thing. I that's what I think. But also for the other thing, I just wanted to on somebody that I knew he worshipped. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you don't think it was the creation of Israel? And I was just like, well, we want to talk about Reagan's support of the Israelis. Uh, we don't want to talk about Arafat. And I was like starting to go. And I just like. I basically just walked circles around this man for trying to like do a like a gotcha question where he was being like vaguely anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. And instead I was like, not only am I going to prove how you're wrong, but I'm also going to shit on somebody that you probably burn a candle to every night. You yeah. racist ass piece of Yeah. Shit. I've had a few conversations with like, I mean, there's, there's, the, there's the annoying liberal, but it's like there's also the annoying Republican who's like, I'm going to go up and try to like, you know, own the libs. And then they just come out with some half-cocked bullshit. And you're like, just f- off, dude. Yeah, it's pathetic. I like, I, tell, I like telling people, like, I've read the Bible 18 times uh, because we read the Bible every single morning. Yeah, not a great book. No, very dry. Very a lot of, dry. lot of begats and begots, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so when, like, Christians will come, they're like, oh, well, you know, if God's not real, what, I'm like, how many times have you read the Bible? Gotta ask him first, because they wait till whatever I say, and then they'll try to one-up it. But like, I've read it four times, and I'm like, two, you're lying. Um, but then I'm like, I've read the Bible more times than you, and that's why I don't believe it. There's a great documentary called For the Bible Tells Me So, and it's about gay marriage. Mm-hmm. And like all the stuff people quote, they have like biblical scholars be like, that's not what they're talking about. Yeah. It's like with like Sodom and Gomorrah and stuff. And like you misunderstand the entire concept of what Sodom and Gomorrah means. Yeah. Like if that's and like like the book of Leviticus and like it goes through like this whole thing. It was like a fascinating documentary. If you haven't seen for the Bible it tells you so you should. I know we have to we have to get going in a little bit. We we got we got so caught up talking about sex criminal <laughs> slash sex criminals yeah. uh, in there and everything like that. But if you are a patron, stick around because we're going to have a little bit of bonus content. Alice, um, we we should find you on social media at. Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter at Alice R Hamilton, and I'm on Instagram at M I S S Alice Hamilton, Miss Alice Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, and also uh, YouTube, Alice Hamilton, Sex Criminal, C-E-X-K-R-I-M-I-N-A-L. It is a great use of half an hour of your time. A, a brilliant work of art. I, I enjoyed you. it so much. And it was just, it, it came out so fast. Like it, it really, you know, the joke writing really lands for something, especially something that you, it, it, 
I'm not, it's not rushed in that the special doesn't feel rushed, oh, but no, you it was did, hella rushed. <laughs> but you did get it out and the jokes were, were, they were great. I it was wrote really well most done. of it the week before. So it was, I was like, oh, I should have postponed the recording, but I just went through with it. It's very, very well done. Thank uh, you. Folks, stick around for a second. And we are, uh, if you're on the Patreon and if you want to hear the rest of this, head on over to patreon.com slash Jeff May and you can get the, uh, you can get all the swears that we have in here. Plus we can hear the bonus content. And you can make him say a silly name. Uh, say bye to the plebs though. Bye. <laughs> bye. Hey everyone, our artwork is created by Justin T. Brown, who can be found at Artness by Justin Brown on Instagram, as well as artnessbyjustinbrown.com. That dope music you heard is by Troy Nababon, available at Troy Nababon on Instagram, as well as at troynababon.com. Nababon is spelled N-A-B-A-B-A-N, and boy does that shred. Thank you all so much for listening. See you next time.